Welcome back to another episode of On Spec. I am your host, Ryan Barath. Another exciting finish at the PGA Tour event this week. The Sony Open was won by Kevin Na by birdieing the final hole. Now, if you had the chance to watch the back nine, it was all over the place. There was was a lot of lead changes. There was a lot of players in the lead, and the scores were low. So there was potential for players moving up and down kind of all afternoon, which is made for great entertainment. Uh, Now, one of the things that I think is very interesting is to win the tournament, Kevin birdied the final hole, which I already mentioned, but he had to chip from behind the green. Now, normally, if you've watched previous year's tournaments, that pin is, I don't believe it's the normal spot that they traditionally played. I think sometimes it's more close to the left side, if I remember correctly. And the grandstands are very close to the back of the green. And he happened to miss over and had to chip back. Now, if the grandstands were there because there were fans, then he would have potentially gotten a drop, and it would have been a very different scenario. And the grandstands also didn't play a factor, but in a way did, on the 18th hole earlier in the week, which made for some interesting conversations around course design and sticking up for distance and other, like those types of topics, which I like to get into sometimes, because... The 18th hole, if you're not familiar, is a big dogleg left par 5. To cut the corner on the left side is the 10th hole. And some players were basically hitting it down the 10th fairway and hitting wedges and short irons into the screen. I think Cameron Smith was noted as saying he hit a gap wedge during one of the practice rounds. So the tournament officials made a decision to create internal out-of-bounds on that 10th hole and force players to play the hole as originally intended. Now, you know, it brings up a lot of debate about distance and those kind of things. But, I mean, Wiley's not a long golf course. It is an older golf course. It's not the completely original layout, from my understanding, listening to uh, some people talk about that. But, uh, what again, what made it interesting was it forced players to actually play the hole. And because of no grandstands, Kevin Na ended up hitting a chip to win the tournament, or, I mean, he, to make the putt, the short putt that he did because of the fact that there were no grandstands in the way. So it's just, you know, it's fun to follow those things along. And next week we have the Amex, which uh, traditionally is the Bob Hope. So another tournament where we're going to see some pretty low scores and some more players making their debut this week for 2021, including Brooks Kepka. Now the topic of this week's show is not just all about the tour, but if you are paying attention at all to golf equipment, and if you are listening to this show, you most likely are, last week was another big week in launches. Now traditionally this week that the show is a part of would be the PGA show down in Orlando and that is obviously not occurring. So because of that I know there's like an online portal for PGA professionals and retailers and those kind of things but for us at Golf Reacts, we are you know sharing the releases like we traditionally would we just don't happen to be on the floor this year and so with that in mind if you've been following along like I said there's so much stuff it's it's unbelievable how people keep track of this stuff if you're a consumer. I mean, I have a hard time keeping track of it. I got like a whole spreadsheet I'm, I'm working with. But anyways, the one thing I want to talk about, because Callaway launched their Apex irons, and we saw irons from TaylorMade in the fall, we got the G25 stuff from Ping, is specs. And the reason specs are so important 
when it comes to getting fit for irons or getting new equipment is because there is no standard within the industry. And there was this great article that uh, we featured this past weekend uh, from Weston Mao, who is uh, Weston Golf on Instagram. He, he's been on one of my podcasts uh, a number of years ago now. He's like, I want to say he was like one of my first guests. And he wrote a piece about how the three iron is basically extinct. And one of the biggest topics of conversation I hear all the time is people talking about lofts and loft jacking and what does it mean and, and you know, companies are just trying to get extra distance out of their irons and they're, they're tricking consumers and all these different things. And it's not the case. That's not the storyline. Uh, at least that is my belief. And the reason I say that is because I've had the opportunity to test these different pieces of golf equipment. I've been on launch monitors. I've worked in fittings. I've talked to fitters. And you have to understand that certain styles of golf clubs, certain models of golf clubs are intended for a certain select group of players. And because of that, designers have to factor in dynamics and they have to factor in the way these players, these target golfers are traditionally going to hit shots. So with that in mind, because you know there are a number of different companies out there that have released irons recently, I wanted to go through some specs of some newer clubs, also some older golf clubs, or not, I don't mean I don't mean older, I just mean stuff that was released, you know, in the fall, which does not make them old by any means. It's just something that, you know, not as recently released, but still very, very new. Um, because I think that it's important to break down the type of player that may fit into these golf clubs and the swing characteristics of the players that are traditionally going to use them. Because this is where uh, I think some players can get into trouble. And I, I mean, this week on my question and answer on Instagram, you can follow that along at RDS Brath on Instagram. I also use the exact same handle on Twitter. And if you want to follow this show as well on Instagram, it's on spec WRX. Now, when I talk about the specs and when I talk about these kind of things, one of the questions I got this week was, I'm a like 11 handicap. What iron should I look at? And it's the completely wrong way to look at getting a set of irons. Now I've told this story before and I'm going to tell it again because it's important and it's a perfect example of what can happen if someone is given the wrong golf equipment even if they are a very good player. Now although it was a short-lived career I did play uh, university golf and one of the things that happened one day was and I was already completely nerded into a golf equipment. I was already um working at a golf retail store. I was always, uh, you know, doing my own thing as far as like my own little build shop that I had and doing some fittings with people and, and working with golfers kind of even before like the vector launch monitor. But, you know, you you kind of help them out as much as you can. And anyways, so I was out playing with someone who was on my team. I do not remember his name. And he we were playing. It was a cool fall day. It was very, very windy. And he had a set of rack OSs from TaylorMade. And I think I had a, a set of S59s from Ping. So low launch, uh, very small golf club. And he had this big, oversized, chunky cavity back iron with a very lightweight steel shaft. Now, completely contrasting as far as the type of iron this was. Now, I would, I'm fully willing to admit that he was a better player than I was. And not only that, he hit it a ton. He was, like, 
off the tee, he was way longer than I was. Um, and so I kind of like, we were playing, and it was, a, I think it was a practice, I don't know, it wasn't a competitive round, but we were out there playing, and he keeps hitting these shots that are like way short into the wind, like unbelievably short. Now, again, trying to understand dynamics and spin and all these things, I don't really want to get into that. But even normal, like crosswind shots or downwind shots, he hit it so freaking high that he was getting eaten alive. And my normal ball flight, because I don't, I'm not a long hitter, is generally a little bit lower. And the irons that I had made it a lot easier to hit those kind of shots. So we start talking. I asked the guy, I was like, you know, I do club fitting and building a little bit. And like, these clubs are not fit for you. Like, how did you get into these irons? Like, you're you're a good player. you got a ton of speed. And you're using a, a very lightweight shaft that's designed to get the golf ball up in the air and a set of irons that is designed to get the golf ball very high up in the air. And he said, well, I walked into a golf store. They were on sale. I hit some in the simulator. I talked to the person who was the, the salesperson. I do not want to say fitter because obviously this person did not fit this golfer at all. And they went... Um, you know, they felt the best. They went the longest. So that's what I, I ended up with. And I was like, this is not the way to buy golf equipment. And it relates to that handicap level, right? Because, you know, this player here, let's say we we're both, I don't know, five handicaps. Then because of his swing speed and because of his dynamics and everything else, he hit those irons extremely high to the point that it was not helping his golf game. Whereas myself, who swung it slower than him, had an iron that was probably better suited for him than it was for me, although I got okay, got okay with it. Uh, but it's because, you know, you're thinking about the handicap level. And if someone who is, let's say, has all the same dynamics of that golfer, has a lot of speed, creates a lot of spin, and needs something that's going to offer some... I don't want to say playability, but some more workability and a lower ball flight. You're going to look at that and say, okay, that's first of all, it's not the iron you're going to get into. But you're just because your handicap level is, say, 12 or 15, doesn't mean you need to go to like these big oversized cavity backs because the specs on them and the center of gravity and the way the face is designed and all these different elements of this golf club are not going to help your golf game because you're going to hit it way too high. Maybe the shaft, and then I'm just talking stock setups here, right? That's the shaft is too light, and all these other things are going to not help you. And working in the custom fitting world, one of the things that I always found extremely interesting was did a lot of sets of those like mid-size cavity backs that had maybe a faster face on them, and you do really heavy shafts in them. The reason being, up in Canada where I am located, uh, a lot of hockey players. So you know. They got a lot of speed, but they might not have the golf game to match up with their club head speed. But if they were to walk into a general store and grab something off the rack, someone's going to say, okay, well, you know, I shoot 90, I shoot 95. All of a sudden they're swinging an 80 gram lightweight steel shaft and it, like, it goes all over the map. But you could get into something that's maybe a little bit smaller. It's going to help from center of gravity standpoint. And a shaft standpoint is going to be a lot heavier through custom order and custom fitting. And all of a sudden, that player has something that's going to work better for them. Opposite end of the spectrum. Really low handicap golfer maybe doesn't have a lot of speed anymore. All of a sudden, you get them into something that has a maybe a wider sole, little stronger loft, but a very low center of gravity, lighter weight shaft. All of a sudden, they can start hitting trajectories again. And you look at their golf bag. And I mean, I'm sure everyone out there has, has experienced this with, say, so a, a a lower speed player. This could be a junior. This could be uh, an older golfer. 
It could be anybody who just is not someone who has a lot of speed. And they're using these larger golf clubs, and they, like, never miss a green. And they'll chip and putt, and next thing you know, they're, like, they shoot a couple over par, and you're, like, like you're using game improvement irons. What, like, what the heck is going on here? And it's because of the specs of those golf clubs and the technology that's in them that's going to help that player because of their swing speed and their dynamics. And that, long story short, is why I want to talk about specs today because it's so key when it comes to fitting. People get this in their mind that they're of a certain skill level and they have to use a certain style of golf club. And I don't like using the PGA Tour. When talking about even remotely about average golfers. I don't even like using the PGA Tour as example. And I'm, I like to use, and I think it's a much better example from a, just not from a skill perspective, and I always have to preface that, but from a speed perspective, average golfers, or maybe even like lowered handicaps or mid handicaps, your normal club players, from a speed perspective, not a skill perspective, because you would get killed by an LPGA Tour player, uh, figuratively, obviously, um, would be the fact that your speed is going... Look at their golf bags. You've got hybrids. You've got bigger cavity back irons. And not all the time, but it's to create higher launching shots that can stop on greens and create angle of descent that create something that's going to stop faster and a little bit of extra spin because this it's speed and it's dynamics. It has nothing to do with anything else. So when we talk about game improvement golf clubs manufacturers are looking at okay and because they have to look at bell curves of skill set and handicap and those kind of things which is why they are doing their best and they do a very good job and why they always tell you to get custom fit anyways there isn't a manufacturer out there now that's generally trying to sell you clubs off the rack you go to their website you can custom build golf clubs very easily Um, even like ping started with their web fit which is really cool. Even some direct-to-consumer companies are offering it where you can have a phone consultation, you can send some TrackMan info because the data is there. It's easier to interpret now than it has ever been before. And when you work with someone who is knowledgeable, it's so easy for them to look at it and go, okay, this is probably what we're looking at. We know the specs of your current golf clubs. Let's work towards optimizing as best as we can. So they have to take all of this data and boil it down from a stock perspective. And that's what I really want to get in on this. So Using the Apex as an example, and I'm talking 7-iron lofts here, you've got the new Pro, which has a 7-iron loft of 33. The standard Apex is at 30.5, and the DCB, which is uh, deep center uh, or deep cavity back, is 30. Now, if you look at those golf clubs, they're all designed for very different players. The Pro is inherently designed for the lower handicap golfer, but anybody who is looking for more workability or has speed and you think to yourself okay but it has a weaker loft on it but then you also have to consider the fact that a lot of players with speed are going to de-loft the golf club at impact so and I'm going to get to this in the next one so hold tight but you see these good players that oftentimes take larger divots when they have speed you're going to inherently take divots because the ball the club it deflects down when it hits the golf ball because of just physics and the the golf ball goes up club head goes down it, it just that's what happens and then you have the standard model which is 30 which is i mean a slightly stronger but i mean very much in line with anything else in this category where it's the player's distance iron you can you'll see anyone from scratch golfers all the way up to say like 15 16 17 handicaps who 
want something that doesn't look super big, has a lot of forgiveness, and is designed to really, you know, offer that playability where you don't play that much, but you want some help and you don't want to play, quote unquote, a shovel. I'm doing air quotes. This is a podcast. You can't, you don't know that I'm doing that, but I am doing that. Then you have the DCB. So deep cavity back. Wider sole, stronger loft, lower center of gravity. Now here's the kicker. And this is why I think it's really important to talk about this when people think about specs. More golfers, higher handicap players, or players that don't play as often, struggle with the dreaded fill-in-the-blank. Everyone wants to fix it. A slice. And the reason is they come over the top. Now, when players come over the top, they both add a lot of spin because of their dynamics, open club face coming across it, but also what generally happens is a lot of players add loft because of this. And to help mitigate or reduce the dynamics of, and help create better dynamics at impact, a, a lower, or sorry, a stronger lofted golf club can help with that. And that's why when you look at these bell curves of player statistics, and they do, I mean, they do a lot of testing with players within these like levels. I know uh, they tested, speaking of Callaway, when the B21, the big draw bias driver came out. Like, they tested with players to say, like, look, we're not turning these golfers into, like, you know, ro- hitting Rory draws here. That's not what they're doing. The goal is to help them put it in the middle more often because of what they've created with the specs and the internal weighting and all these different things. So that's why when you look at an iron that's stronger loft, you have to look at the player. You can't just say, okay, yeah, they just made it stronger and that's what's happening. Have they gotten stronger inherently? Yes, over the years, every company has because of... Uh, first of all, there is a little bit of the keeping up with the Joneses, but at a certain point, you're trying to create the dynamics of the right amount of spin, the right amount of height, and that descent angle, which I continue to focus on. And if you want, you can check out this great video on the Golf Directs YouTube page. I also wrote a piece about this last year, I guess last year now for sure, on um, GolfDirects.com about descent angle and why it is one of the most important aspects when it comes to getting fit and what thing people don't look at. Because if you're just looking at how far they go and having no attention, it's like, yeah, great. It, it runs out 35 yards and it hits the green, which means you're not holding anything. And it's just one of those things to keep in mind. Next up, talking TaylorMade. So the P790, probably one of the most popular irons that they've had in a very long time. It was a big, big seller. We saw it on the PGA Tour for players using it in long irons. Uh, from TaylorMade's testing, as well as just talking with fitters, they've got anyone from scratch golfers all the way up to like 24, 25 handicaps using this iron, just because it does everything it's supposed to do. It, it's got a fast face, it looks really good, and it offers some good sole uh, turf interaction, right? Everything about it just really works. And with the 790, you've got 30.5, which makes it a little bit weaker than the DCB, but it sets it right in line with the standard Apex. Now, again, very much... You have a broad spectrum of players using this golf club. And what I would say is, and I find this very interesting, again, when I talk to fitters that do a ton of fittings, like way more. They have a big um, collection of data, really, they can go from and pull from when I talk about these kind of things. And that is uh, the fact that a lot of players are getting these irons and bending them a little bit weaker to add some spin for slower speed players because it was such an attractive golf club for those golfers. Next up, we have the new P7MC, which has a 34-degree 7-iron. Again, 
very much like the Pro from Callaway. And there's gonna there's a lot of comparison going on here. So just I know it might be hard to keep track necessarily, but I just have a you know a little picture in my head of what each golf club looks like. And you can always go online and go to the manufacturer website and get all of this information. So it's one of those things you can I don't want to say study, but it gives you the opportunity to just understand what you're looking at. Especially too if you're looking at a category of golf clubs. So you can, you know, browse the categories from different manufacturers at their website and just make some notes and say, okay, well maybe this is why this is happening. Because you you have that information, right? It's very easily accessible. So 34 degrees, again, stronger player, someone who's generally going to de-loft it. And these players, because of their dynamics, create less spin. Just again, they have to de-loft, they're doing all these other things. It's it it's very complicated to try and explain. But uh, hopefully you understand. I mean, they create more spin because of speed, but they have the ability to control their spin numbers. Now, last but not least, and this is where it is very interesting, and it's the weakest 7-iron of the bunch, is the P7TW's Tiger Spec. Tiger Spec puts a 7-iron at 36 degrees, which is an 8-iron from some companies, if not... Not depending. No, yeah, it's roughly an 8-iron for most companies. I want to say you're probably getting close to the 9-iron from some manufacturers, like maybe 38. So he obviously takes a lot of divots, but he, he hits a lot of different shots. And he is looking for trajectory and a lot of players when... I think this is one of those things to keep in mind because, I mean, I know that I always hit generally longer clubs or, yeah, longer clubs into irons than a lot of other players because I generally gravitate towards more of these players' iron-style clubs, even if they are more of, like, a mid-sized cavity back. But 36 is, like, extremely weak. And, you know, you are going to create a little bit more spin inherently because of that, but you have to look at the loft number. You can't just say, oh, well, I hit the 7-iron shorter because of this. Well, yeah, but you also have to factor in. It's kind of like a 7.5 iron. It's closer to an 8. So if you're not necessarily worried so much about distance and just picking up distance all the time and you're focused on your gapping, that's way more important than loft. And that's a big point that I want to make on this because so many people just look at the lofts and they're not concerned about gapping. And then, you know, you go the other end and you look at Bryson's irons and they're extremely strong to help keep spin down as much as possible. And his gapping has definitely improved because of what they've done at Cobra with his irons. Because it's necessary because he just creates so much freaking speed. So, again, this is why fitting is so important. But I want to touch on these things because people, generally when I talk to golfers and they're, and they're talking about loft, they're focused on loft, and they're, they're focused on how far everything's going. And I'm like, you know, it doesn't really matter how far things go. As long as your driver is the club that goes the absolute furthest and your lob wedge or your highest lofted wedge is the one that goes the shortest and you can manipulate it and hit different shots with it, I don't care what the club says on you could you could letter them you could put little stars you could put little dots on the irons I don't doesn't matter to me as long as they all go the the gaps that you need it shouldn't matter and players focus too much on loft a lot of times and they're just looking at the specs when clubs come out and to that I just say screw it don't even worry about it just go get fit and look at your gapping and if your gapping's right then you have nothing to worry about and you know I got more to talk about now so G425, 30 degrees 7 iron on the stronger side. I210, 33. Now, you'll notice if you go to Ping's website, because they talk about this very openly, is the power spec and retro spec. So you go weaker or you go stronger, 2 degrees and 2 degrees, or there's, there is a little bit of finagling in there um, just to help fit players' dynamics, have it be because of bounce or offset or gapping, as I've already mentioned. 
So G425, 30 degrees. I210, 33. Blueprint, 34. So same as the TaylorMade MC, and still two degrees stronger than the Tiger Spec P7TW. And same thing, not going to go over it. It's a player's iron, designed for a certain level of player. Uh, spe well, especially the blueprint. The blueprint is the freaking one of the tiniest little blades you're ever going to see. As they say, and from their research, aim small, miss small. Right, and I think that I think when I talk to golfers too about the idea of why they prefer to play a blade versus a, a, a larger golf club, and I fit into this category is because I like the look of a smaller club. I do have larger golf clubs. I do have oversized golf clubs. Um, one of the irons that I've used in the past has a very long heel toe length, but is a smaller would be like a Me um, Vega Mizar Tour. Cool looking iron if you've never seen it. Another one too, which I'm a big fan of, is the Hot Metal Pros because you get that MP style offset, that player's level offset in a in a smaller looking big cavity back. It's still a big cavity back. It's got a super hot face, but it looks really like clean. And we've seen players use those in their longer irons on tour. And again, it becomes down to, you know, first of all, that's a perfect example of gapping where people are mixing and matching. You get that with TaylorMade, you get it with Callaway. They even offer stock combo sets on their site. You see it from Strixon as well. I don't have the specs from Strixon, but you know, their new irons, they've got the you got the blade, which is just the Z forged. You got the Z7, Z5. They talk about gapping. They talk about mixing and matching lofts because they're not perfect because of the player they're designed for. But when you gap them and combo them properly, you're going to get a great set that's going to offer all the trajectories and spin that you're really looking for. Now, Mizuno, last one is uh, the Hot Metal. Hot Metal has one of the strongest lofts of, kind of anything I've talked about in the game improvement category, and that is 29 degrees in the new 921. Then we have the Forged, which is 31. The Forged fits in the same category as the 210. I don't want to quite say the MC. I would say it fits in line with maybe the 770. It's like the 770 from TaylorMade and the MC had a baby. If you could create this kind of like faster iron that was smaller and forged, you would get that. Uh, and it also fits more towards the standard apex where you have an iron that's designed for a lot of speed but it's smaller it's more compact it's someone who this is that to me would be like an iron and i and i kind of mentioned with other companies uh and from other oems is something where it would be you know a better player that maybe wants a little bit of height or someone who is uh someone who is aspiring to be a better player but wants something that looks a little bit smaller uh and then the MP20 is 34, so that puts it in line with the Blueprint and the MC. And that's pretty standard for, like, the most players-oriented golf clubs. And I think the MP20 line actually gets a little bit stronger in the different models. Now, the one I didn't mention, and this is actually really cool, uh, because I love these irons. And it's one of those little tips and tricks I wanted to mention because it was another question that came up this week. And remember, follow along. Fridays is the questions. Uh, it's also pizza night in my house, so if you follow along on Instagram, generally I'm tweeting or not tweeting I'm, I'm using uh instagram stories to show the pizza that i make that is a complete tangent but i guess one of the most obvious tangents of the week is just talking about pizza uh, because uh you know one of the things i've been doing a lot is making pizza from scratch uh, everyone else is doing different hobbies in lockdown i created i decided to do pizza so um anyways i digress the title is t100 and the t100s the T100S is specifically designed for players that either have a little bit more speed or they want to knock down spin on their irons because they, or more so, which is another thing that the Titleist really talked about, was if you're comboing with the T200 or potentially even the 300, but you like that smaller golf club and the shorter irons, by having them stronger, 
stock with the standard offset. So when you bend strong, you're not adding all that offset anyways. Then you get an iron that creates the gapping that you're looking for, the spin that you're looking for, and it's very easy to combo. And they created two, it was so popular with the T100 that they wanted to, that's why they created the S after the fact. Four players who were comboing to get that stronger loft but didn't want the extra offset in their irons. And fun tip, I've had a number of people reach out after this question came up on Instagram, RDS Brath, Twitter, Instagram, uh, on Spec WRX is the show's page as well, is if you are someone who wants a forgiving iron that doesn't have a lot of offset but isn't a blade but looks really small and, you know, you still want a little bit of that squeaky forgiveness out of it, right? And you also don't want to take an iron and bend it so weak that you're, you're not in your right launch windows. The T100S, bent 2 degrees weak, which puts it at standard T100 spec, is almost at no offset. Uh, I've seen a number of players do it. I've seen pictures sent it from a dress. I think if you go to Golf WRX, go to check out the forms. There is a thread in there somewhere. It's, there's a lot of threads in there. But there are, is a thread about someone who had did, uh, did that to their T100S, uh, bent it 2 degrees weak, and got the, like, the no offset look. If that's what you're looking for in an iron, they look stunning. They look so good. And it's just one of those things where, you know, I get that question a lot. People talk about they want less offset in their irons. A lot of people kind of request that just from a looks perspective and that's one of the ways to do it and it's a really clever way to do it and it uh you you don't have you get the less offset versus no i'll say you get a little more bounce as well so if you are a faster player and that's kind of one of the reasons why you want it it's a good reason to also do it and uh that's it that's the show for this week i wanted to really get deep into like one topic Uh, i know a lot of times i kind of go all over the map on a couple different things obviously i recently just talked about pizza just a moment ago but i really want to get in deeper onto individual subjects because i can graze and go like top level for a lot of things and it becomes it's not easy i'm not saying that it's easy but i i don't think that it's as educational as if i take something and just drive the subject home as many times as i possibly can in a number of different ways to explain it because what it what it allows you to do if you're looking for golf, if you're looking for irons. So maybe if you're looking for a driver and you listen to the show this week, it wasn't as helpful. But from an overall perspective, the ability to better understand one part of your golf equipment better will bleed into the other parts of your golf equipment because dynamics and physics are all the same. And um, I mean, not from club to club, like the driver dynamics are very different from iron dynamics and all those kind of things. But the more you know about one thing is going to bleed into other parts of your equipment. If that means gapping in your irons, if it means understanding bounce or offset or lofts or how to take those lofts and gap them into your wedges or move into your fairwoods and your hybrids. These are all things that people need to really pay attention to because especially now when I know that access to fitting is not as easily and readily available because of a lot of different restrictions that may be in place wherever you are. I know they are where I am, so there's no way that you are, like, say, in Ontario, you can't get custom fit for irons. You just can't. you got to do it yourself or you got to, you know, do the web fitting style kind of thing from ping or whatever. So it's just something to keep in mind because I want you to be educated. I want when the golf season rolls around that if you are looking at new equipment or you're getting your equipment tweaked or whatever it happens to be, whatever you want to do to your gear, when you go out to play, it is in peak tip-top form it's finally tuned it's ready to go and uh you know and everything hopefully 
is right on spec. I did. I actually didn't. That came to my head as I was finishing the end of that sentence. I'm like, just go for it, man. Just say it. It's going to be ridiculous. Maybe one person will laugh at that. Anyway, so that was this week's show. Uh, I'm Ryan Brath. Um, remember, reach out on spec WRX on Instagram, RDS Brath on Instagram, as well as Twitter. I love answering your questions. I love getting feedback from people because I think it's so important to do what I can to always improve the show and you know answer your questions. That's why I'm here. So as always, I'm Ryan Brath, and thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.